Hello everyone, hello Flypaniacs, Steve back here, time for Flyperbole, I know I was off last week, Happy New Year, by the way, Happy New Year, took a week off, it's gonna happen sometimes, but that's okay, I needed to take some time off, because it's just, it's tough being on Flyers Twitter these days, and I, I think my friend Kurt here would agree with that assessment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard talking about this team, which is why I think last I have to say as a listener last week's fly purpley in which there was no flyers talk whatsoever, or I guess not last week's the week before with with uh, with Hinkle. That, w- that was just some some premium content. It's it's been long enough that I don't remember all the Christmas movies, but um, but <laughs> the fake Christmas guys, if you haven't listened to the Christmas movie challenge, please go back and listen to the Christmas movie challenge. It was it's a fly purpley less than an hour. So it's basically a unicorn. And it's and <laughs> some premium work done there. I ha- I just I, I was laughing a lot while I was, I think, washing dishes in my home listening to this. So great work there, Bob. The ideal way to listen to Fly yes. Purpley, really. I mean, you know, I, I think it was um, Bo Wolf who on a Birds with Friends, the Eagles Athletic Podcast, has, has said a couple times before, there is no greater compliment you can give to a podcast than it's a dishwashing podcast because you know, there's nothing else you can really do. You can't like watch, can't really watch TV during it. Cause you know, you want to make sure you actually wash the dishes you, you got. It's you really can only use your ears to consume the content here. So like just whatever podcast works for that time. Like it's something you want to listen to. And like, it's, this is, I think that was when I was listening to um, the Christmas movie challenge featuring um, whatever the one was about the dancer. That was the only one I got wrong. <laughs> I, I now feel really dumb for not remembering it. But yeah, the, the lack of Flyers talk, honestly, it it was nice. It was nice. Um, I had been on vacation the week before that episode. So I I think I well, they only ended up missing one Flyers game because then they canceled those or they postponed those last two with the outbreak. So fortunately, there wasn't much Flyers talk to miss and not that we really want to talk about this team right now anyways. And, and for the record, the one that you can't remember was literally called dancing with santa (laughs) (laughs) yeah my goodness good times you know just uh when you know when john comes to junestown for a christmas show around the candy cane pole will they be naughty or nice it's a valid question right there i think that was one i listened to and was like this is so stupid it has to be true and (laughs) The true mark of a great guessing game is that those ones can be either true or false. Oh my goodness. That was, and the glory of all of that was that I didn't have anything ready like two days before recording. And I was very worried that it was going to come together. And I'm very happy that it all seemed to come together pretty nicely. No, it was highly enjoyable listening. Good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. A lot more fun than Flyers Twitter, which we had a long extensive slack chat about just some of the the toxicity out there and just the the pure hate for this team and it it, it, things were bad a few years ago but at least was like fun bad like we had a good time with how like just stupid some of the decisions being made on this team were and it it turned to like pretty toxic I, i feel like in the past couple of years and somehow this whole conversation we were having about this eventually turned 
to Sonic the Hedgehog, which to be fair, Flyers Twitter does often give me anxiety like the Sonic Drowning music. Oh my god. Oh, the worst. When you stop when you stop getting the bubbles and and like the you know, you know the noise when you when you get one of the air bubbles and they you stop getting them and then it's like, yeah, I know exactly the the music you're talking about. Yeah. What a, a horrifying 16-bit animation that those guys came up with mm-hmm. back in the day of Sonic drowning and gasping for air bubbles. Just brutal. What were those guys brutal. thinking? But yeah, uh, I won't. I won't. You know, we we you know everyone signs an end like you know a, a hardcore NDA before they go into our Slack channel. Um, that's not true. Uh, that's just not true at all. But we do try to. <laughs> I think screenshots have been freely proliferated throughout we, Twitter. We, of we try to use discretion when talking about what we share from our channel. But for a little inside baseball here, yeah, we. I mean, it started with a conversation about I don't even remember something that came up today, and yeah, or some sort of news from today, and it led in you know further conversation about how angry everyone is, man. Which like there's a degree to which I get it because you know the sports team isn't winning, but like something. Something that hit me at some point in the last three and a half years, or like about four years from now, and I'll explain why I know it's four years in a second, was at some point, if you're mad, like if you're mad about sports, like, okay, you know what? I I mean, I've never been mad about sports, but all right, that's a lie. I've definitely been mad about sports before. (laughs) We've all, we've all probably, if you're the kind of person who listens to a sports podcast and haven't gotten mad about sports before, like, congratulations to you. But a lot of us, you know, we, we care. Like, are you a robot if you haven't gotten mad about sports and you're a big sports fan at some point? I, You have to have gotten mad at some point. Like, I specifically remember one of my angriest moments being the Patrick Kane goal in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I almost broke. Like, I, I'm not usually the kind of person who almost breaks stuff or, like, will slam something. But I almost broke my friend's chair. Yeah, I went I went through all five stages in about um in the span of about 30 seconds when that goal happened. Oh, so you did the the Willem Dafoe in the first Spider-Man movie when he goes, you can't do this to me. <laughs> I built this company. Like he goes through every stage yeah. of grief in that one like moment in that mm-hmm. movie. And it's fantastic. That was so that was Kurt. Just <laughs> imagine Willem yeah. Dafoe as Kurt in that scenario. Uh, yeah. Again, if you we often get angry about sports because like if you care this much, like if you pay this much attention and it doesn't go the way you want, you know, some and naturally we all get angry to a degree because why are we doing this just to watch some team that we all want to win lose you get angry at yourself for the amount of time you spend on it things like that but something that's really hit me as you know i mean i've been on twitter talking about the flyers for almost nine years now and like i think something that hit me in the last few years was if you're if you're mad about sports fun we all again we've all done it if you're mad that not everyone is as mad about sports as you are, you got to take a deep breath. You got to chill. We're here. At the end of the day, sports are supposed to be fun. And we know that's not always true. And again, part of why we're mad is because we got into this thinking it was going to be fun. And then we quickly realized, oh, this is actually terrible most of the time. And yet we're still here because we can't let go because our brains are all poisoned with sports fandom. But if people have found a way to not get mad about this, like let them just fucking let them like, this doesn't really matter at the end of the day, guys, we're all having fun. But, and you know, it feels ridiculous for me to sit here saying that knowing we're going to spend, you know, the next hour plus talking about 
sports and you know how much however much time we spend talking about and thinking about and writing about and watching them i want to talk about sonic a little bit so <laughs> but yeah so anyway oh I, I guess i should get to that yeah so and what one of the things that i think i said in slack was um was and you'll be like how did you get from this to sonic was i think i got about was that i think i got about 90 percent less angry about sports after the eagles won the super bowl and I just made this comment in our channel and I think I got a couple of people saying like, yeah, that sounds about right. And Bill Matz, the, the one and only the uh, director of fun and games uh, here at Broad Street Hockey, um, he dropped into the channel with, you know, you know how in Slack you can react to a message with an emoji or something like that. He reacted that message positively. And like that for, again, to get it a little bit into the inside baseball here, that's weird because for those who don't know, and I hope I'm not spilling the beans here for anyone on our site, but oh well, um, there's a separate channel that's a private one just for the people who do Broad Street Hockey radios. You know, I think the, the oh, wow. seven or eight of us who are involved in that. And Bill mostly hangs out in that one. I think he said in the main channel where there are still over 20 of us, though not everyone participates anymore. But like, I think he said the main channel scares him a little bit. And I don't know how, how we caught him or how he, you know, caught us in that channel. But he, you know, dropped... Megan, yeah, caught Eamon him. caught, yeah, Megan Eamon caught him because he. No, no, it was Megan. It was Megan. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yes, that's true. Megan was like, oh, well, Bill sighting, and Eamon. What Eamon? This 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 was very funny. Eamon basically said, "Wow, I don't know how we managed to catch Bill. He's basically like an Abra coming in and out of here." Which, um, for those who don't get the reference here, um, I hate you. And also, Abra <laughs> is uh, is a Pokemon from the original generation of pokemon and for what is at least like the fourth time in my time on broad street hockey talking about pokemon in conjunction with the flyers so he was a pokemon who whenever you see him in the wild he just used move teleport which just removes him from a battle and then the battle's over so if you ever wanted to catch an abra you had to put it to sleep immediately or throw a ball at it that would catch it on the first try which doesn't usually happen because that's not how catching pokemon works but you basically had to, you know, he would basically show up and disappear immediately was the point. And Eamon made that reference until we started talking about Pokemon in the space. And then Bill, who was still there because we had caught him. So he basically hung around for a bit longer. It was like he made a comment about how he was going to see or how he had Detective Pikachu queued up in his uh, in his movie queue. And that led me to say, you know, speaking of movies that um, or speaking of, you know, movies featuring um, anthropomorphized real life um video game characters i'm excited for the next sonic the hedgehog movie because i saw i saw the preview when we went to see no way home and i gotta say that looks like it whips it's like it whips ass gonna watch that movie it's gonna be it's gonna be above average i did not get that preview maybe it might be terrible but i'm still gonna watch it <laughs> isn't is idris elba voicing knuckles in that is he I think I heard that somewhere. Well, I'll, I can look that up uh, unless mean, we want to say there's no way to find there's out. There's, of course, no way for us to know. All right, let's see there's here. There's no way for us yes, to know. But I believe Idris Elba is voicing Knuckles in that movie, which is hilarious. And I do like also that uh, Kurt got briefly Sonic shamed for <laughs> liking Sonic in the, the Slack. Shit. Which, As somebody who, who grew up in that era... Uh, speaking for myself, you know, I, I can't imagine Sonic shaming someone because, you know, when I was a kid, Sonic was incredibly cool. Like that was like one of the like mind blowing video game experiences was like the first couple Sonic the Hedgehog games. I remember Absolutely. going to like, Toys R Us and they would have this, this, 
you know, the gaming station set up and you try it out a little bit and you're like, whoa, this is cool. And like those Sega graphics were like very advanced at the time. You're like, well, this is Sega. And do yourself a favor and look up the Sega commercials from the early nineties where they really present themselves as like the extreme gaming company. They're friggin' hilarious. And they're even funnier (laughs) today than they were back then. I don't know if I ever actually, I feel like I heard so much about the Sega dreamcast and like it was out at the time I played those. I don't know if I ever actually, or that that was like got introduced to video games. I don't think I ever actually played a Sega dreamcast. I never even played a Sega dreamcast. I know people that had dreamcast and I'm, I might've played it like briefly, but I never owned one and like extensively played a game on it, which is kind of shocking. But I, I did have it. Not only did I own a Sega Genesis, I still have three Sega Genesis in my house somewhere. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Yeah, I gotta be careful. That's a that. little too close to Genesis. Yep, yep, right yep, 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 yep. We're moving on. <laughs> no bueno, my friend. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I got I got Sonic changed by Eamon, whose opinions are now bad. And um, yeah, it, it is it is Idrisselba, by the way. <laughs> Idrisselba is Knuckles the Echidna, an anthropomorphic, hot-headed yet gullible red echidna with super strength, who collaborates with Doctor Eggman to find the Master Emerald. That's that's so the, I, I, that's the I description on Wikipedia on of, of no. I have two notes on this. I, I will ne- I always reject Dr. Eggman. That is a simplification of Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik yep. And I, yep. Yeah, it's Dr. Robotnik, guys. Dr. Eggman's for dumb kids who don't know any better. Dummy, he's shaped like an egg, I get it, but his name's Dr. Robotnik, okay? You respect that. Dr. Eggman's bullshit. And the other thing is when the Knuckles version of Sonic, I think it was the fourth one, first came out, that was such a weird experience because if people don't know the the backstory here, the so with the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo and the original Nintendo, you had these cartridges that you'd plug into the system. Uh, you might be familiar with the blowing sound from blowing out the dust in the cartridge to try and get it to work better. Mm-hmm. That's how video games used to work. And the Knuckles game, you could plug in and it had something on the top that you flipped up and you could plug your old Sonic games into that oh and i don't insert, remember this it would insert knuckles as a playable character into those old sonic games Whoa. technology is wild that was i tell you what that was one of the craziest weirdest things i'd ever heard of in a video game back then i, I like to go back and essentially retcon knuckles into these sonic games was really just like mind-blowing to my young self and very cool to do. And I still have that to this day. I'll post a picture of it on the Twitter if I can find it. And I mean, it was cool. Like it was really different and weird. And those Sonic games are just bizarre in general, because the whole conceit is that Dr. Robotnik is kidnapping animals and putting them in, I don't into robots. They're like little birds. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very strange. And you have to hit him a bunch of times and like from the right angle. Cause if you don't, you lose all the rings. Yeah, and eventually he gets a mean bean machine, whatever that means. <laughs> oh dear! One of the strangest video game titles to this day is Dr. Robotnik's be- Mean Bean Machine. Don't think I ever played that one. There's a reason. <laughs> because it's a video game called Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Exactly. And there's just so many weird, like, Sonic pinball. Like, okay, sure, why not? He does spin in a ball. Let's go with it. There's always, like, a pinball level in, like, every one of those games. There was the one on 
GameCube where Sonic is just like running around in a city, and I don't remember. I feel like I remember liking that one. Oh, was that that was one of the ones with Shadow? I think. Um, yeah, that's beyond my time. I think Knuckles was, was the last one on the GameCube. I dedicated to. Hmm. Oh, good times. Good times. Good times. I mean, I'm trying to remember. To, for me, the most thrilling thing was I played Sonic Two. I think the most out of any of them. And you can get Super Sonic, where he turns into like this golden, unstoppable figure. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, I remember that one. That was such an accomplishment for me in my youth, right there, <laughs> like around like ten years old or so. Like such an accomplishment to get Super Sonic. Like holy shit, man! I got Super Sonic. Because so that like game's in, a pain in the ass to in collect like all the, the last, rings. In the twenty seconds since you mentioned Super Sonic, for a second I thought of Metal Sonic, which like which I, for some reason, thought in my head was, like, an invincible version of Sonic. And then I was like, wait a minute, no, that's Metal Mario. And then I went and Googled Metal Sonic, and it turns out that's actually a real thing, too, but it doesn't look like that's the same That's the same thing I was You have to fight him. Of. You have to fight the, the Metal Robot yeah, he is an Yeah, he's an antagonist. Game. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yes. No, as opposed to Metal Mario, who is just run through people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Metal Mario, of course, I think most people will be familiar with from Smash Brothers, where mm-hmm. he weighs an incredible amount and will sink very quickly in a jumping situation. But he's very strong. My that was my, very much my Achilles' heel in him in, in Smash, just jumping. Just wasn't. Oh, good it's at everybody's. It. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just, yeah. True. It, well, it's not everybody's because the people that are good at it will kick your ass oh, in yeah. the game. But the people who aren't good at it, like you and I, I had, to, I had to try and use I had to try and use Ness to um to you know shoot myself up using the thunder, which um it's which the hardest is, one, which is really hard. Yeah, pick a that, and then you have to shoot yourself in the ass with your own telekinetic blast. Which you want to talk about bizarre gaming choices? Having to use a telekinetic blast and to shoot yourself in the butt to propel yourself in the air is a choice. Ah, <sighs> the good old days. The good old days. Now, we received two unsolicited questions from Kurt's tweet saying that we were going to be discussing Sonic on the podcast tonight. The first one comes from Hockey Panda on Twitter, James Minger. Longtime friend of the show right here. James wanted to know, Chili Dogs, overrated? Now, the context to this, Chili Dogs in the Sonic cartoon from the 90s is his favorite treat, which I assume if you have the metabolism of a Sonic the Hedgehog, you can process that much nitrate because a Chili Dog is maybe one of the heaviest things outside of a meat lover's pizza that you can consume. Also, probably something you can get at a Sonic restaurant. Oh, wow. Wow. Wordplay. I'm I'm pro Chili Dogs. I like Chili. It, it it is chilly. If you if you look outside the window right now, it is chilly season. Though granted, it was also like fifty five degrees last week, so chilly season may only last a couple weeks. But it's chilly season, so I'm I'm pro chili dogs. Put that on anything, man. I'm pro chili dogs, but I will admit that it's perhaps one of the single most difficult things to eat conceptually. Yeah, because like. Chili just makes your hot dog buns so soggy and heavy. And every part of it's got to work together. And like, yeah, if you get a normal hot dog bun, the thing's going to, it's going to just disintegrate. Then you can only put just a little bit of chili on it, which sometimes is all you need. But then, you know, then you, what are you doing? But then you end up eating your hot dog with like a fork and knife, like your your Mr. Pitt with the uh, Mr. Pitt with the Snickers bar. You know, like <laughs> that's not how it's intended to be eaten. This is a hand food right here, and the chili dog really does make it soggy and weird. But it is delicious, so I'm gonna say a little overrated, but delicious. I can I can accept it. Yeah, impractical. 
but delicious. The other question comes from our own Ryan Gilbert, R. Gilbert SOP, the, the tallest PSHer, because I think he's even taller than if I cut all my shoulders and our combined height. How many French Bulldogs for Ryan? Oh, Ryan's got to be at minimum like six a French, lot of French Bulldogs. bulldogs. I would that think maybe right. seven. S- seven French <laughs> Bulldogs all just wobbling on top of each other. And they're not going to be doing that for long because they're going to see treats anywhere and the the huddle will just break apart. They cannot resist treats. But Ryan had a great question here. Would you rather fight one giant Sonic the Hedgehog or 30 to 50 feral hogs? I feel like I'd take my chances with the giant Sonic because like 30 to 50 feral hogs is just that's too many hogs. Well, that's why you need a salt. Yeah, that's 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 true. Do I get we? That's why guns are legal in America. Is that the the infamous thirty to fifty feral hogs? But also, I mean, if I punch Sonic once, he loses all his rings, and then you know I just gotta punch him again before he can get get any of them back. So I don't know. Maybe just gotta just gotta hope you get him twice. And I think being giant negates Sonic's speed because you know a lot of his speed is predicated on the fact that you know Sonic's kind of small and he can kind of sneak around and everything. And being that huge, I don't think he's going to be able to move at those Quicksilver-type speeds around everybody. So I'm taking the Giant Sonic because the 30 to 50 Feral Hogs, terrifying. Yeah, I, I don't want to fuck with any Feral Hogs. Those things are probably huge. Yeah, they're also probably pretty big. I don't know how big this Giant Sonic is, but I don't know. It's, it's all scary. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. Good question, Ryan. <laughs> it's, it's all scary. It's he's very out. real. It's a good question. Very real things, just the thought. One of these is incredibly real and actually like something that I might shit my pants if I saw coming at me. And the other thing is just yeah, hilarious. Both, both very now, real things, it, unlike <laughs> the next thing on our God, I can't, I can't believe I yes, said that. But, but sure, one last sure. question on that. That's a great transition. That's a great transition. I respect the transition game. Okay, so what if the giant Sonic is the original movie design for Sonic? Because uh. if... If listeners don't remember, there was an initial trailer. Yes, there was a trailer released for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie that came out a couple years ago. And the initial trailer got some of the most negative reaction I've ever seen because he was legitimately horrifying. This was an awful, awful character design. And they quickly changed it up to look exactly like the video game version. And I think it's one of those things that if Detective Pikachu hadn't just come out with a completely accurate Pikachu then it wouldn't have been like, well, it probably still would have been poorly received, but not as poorly received, but there was just no excuse. And they quickly changed it and it looked fantastic. It looked perfect. The original design is awful. It is just way too humanized, way too like realistic eyes that you're, you're just like, Oh, why? So that one, I, I might, I might poop my pants a little bit. If I thought the original movie design for Sonic, I was he so furry, so furry, his eyes, are just too human. Yeah, they, they didn't know what they wanted him to be. Maybe in part because he's, you know, not real. But um, <laughs> it, these I, I googled this just to try and pull up. Have seen a lot of to try and pull up a picture of the old one. And for some reason, all the tweets that were referenced in this article here are now gone, so I can't really see it. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because we're on a fucking podcast. But the, head- the headline is <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog movie redesign, not part of a conspiracy, says artist. And now I kind of want to know what the conspiracy is. But again, I'm not going to sit here and read this whole article right now. And all the tweets are gone, so I don't have a TLDR version. But yeah, the original Sonic the Hedgehog uh-huh. does. Yeah, I don't. What is up with his face? 
it's just it's so horrifying it's just these human eyes and like doesn't he have like very like human yeah. teeth too yeah Ugh. no thank you good combination day, of seems like a few different creatures here <laughs> just a, a huge miscalculation a huge mistake right there and we're all the better for it no longer existing and how so speaking of things that don't exist <laughs> no nah, i, I I was on mute trying to say that just now. <laughs> my, my opportunity for the transition was gone. Um, Your opportunity was gone, but we, you know, we can make a hard gear shift going from talking about these just completely imaginary, horrific things to this waking nightmare that we've been living in for nearly two years now. I can't believe I can't believe we're in the third year of this shit, man. I just it sucks so almost, much. Almost. Well, I guess we are. If, you include the original Chinese yeah. timeline right there. So that's, that's a good time right there. But yes, COVID-19 persists as we're all painfully aware. This is the world we live in. And the NHL has been uh, very adversely affected by it. And guys are getting a little fed up with it. And unfortunately, one of the guys most fed up for it happens to be the goaltender for your Philadelphia hockey flyers. Carter Hart, after the game against the Anaheim Ducks to conclude the Disney on Ice trip, had these quotes, and this is uh, per a number of reporters out there, so uh, I will just credit every reporter, but let's just credit Charlie, because Charlie's the best. It's tough, for sure. Guys are testing positive with no symptoms or mild symptoms. I mean, the league's got to find a way to change that. We're either going to keep playing shorthanded all season long, or games are going to keep getting postponed. I think it's a joke. It's got to change. Hmm. so so i get it carter i get it right like i get you're frustrated and i get it's frustrating to see guys that don't appear sick or just a little sick that can't play hockey but there seems to be this either misunderstanding or just complete lack of caring about the fact that mild symptoms or asymptomatic people can pass on covid and that keeps the virus out there and it gets it spreading which we're seeing it in every nhl locker room nba locker room NFL locker room, it's out there. It's really affecting stuff, especially the current Omicron variant. It's it's just awful. And it feels like there's only two options right now, right? Where you can just kind of say, fuck it, and just let them sort it out. Or you keep doing what you're doing and taking precautions and quarantining guys and do your best to actually contain this virus that is just fucking up the entire world for, as Kurt said, uh, about the third year now, just about. Yeah. So again, I, I sympathize here. I understand. And like, I, it was either JJ or Jonesy said on the broadcast last night, that being Tuesday night, uh, as we record that, like, it's frustrating for these guys who play through everything, like are playing through pain all the time. Like half of them are probably playing through injuries right now. And like, they will do anything to like, they'll play through whatever they have to sometimes to their own detriment to stay on the ice. And then they feel fine and they get told, no, you can't play. And like, I understand why that sucks. And it obviously sucks. And like, you know, we'll, we'll get to the specifics, but I mean, Ivan Provorov's, um, you know, career opening Ironman streak ending because of this just blows like that's, that's brutal, especially because it sounds like by all accounts, he's not particularly sick. And I also understand that, you know, by way of the NHL being a league where all but literally one active player is vaccinated, like the odds of guys getting really sick from this are slim, not non-existent, 
not non-existent, but slim. But the thing you have to remember is like, it's again, it's not a 0% chance. And as we've seen with this new variant, while, while the vaccine does a, you know, it's better than it is absolutely unequivocally, objectively better than nothing. It's definitely better than not getting it. And it makes, and having it makes it less likely that you will get it and spread it. Clearly with this new, this new variant is at least, even if it's preventing, or even if it's not really seriously infecting people who are, who are vaccinated, it's at least, you know, giving them the ability to get, you know, get infected, get a little bit sick and spread it. And you can't, and you can't have that, especially in a setting like hockey, it's an indoor game. It's, you know, a cold play, you know, in a cold arena, even if you set aside the fact like, yeah, and you'll hear a lot of people say, yeah, these are, you know, able-bodied men in their twenties and thirties. They're probably going to be fine. Even if we assume that to be true, which again is probably going to be true most of the time, but not in every case. And even if you, you know, ignore what you should not guys who have, you know, um, who are immunocompromised or dealing with the complicating factors. Like if anyone's, you know, dot or has, you know, diabetes or another disease or, you know, is coming back from recent cancer treatments. Even if you set that aside, which you should, but even if you do, there are a lot of people involved in the assembly of a hockey game, of any sports game, but of any of it, like of a hockey game. And not all of them are able-bodied men in their twenties and thirties. There are a lot of, you know, you know, coaches on the bench sometimes, you know, in their forties, fifties, even older. Um, sometimes, you know, just people around the arena may, who knows what complicating factors they may have. Um, not to mention the fans in the stands. And I mean, granted tomorrow, tomorrow's game will be the first game, um, in first flyers game where they will be actively enforcing a vaccination policy. And the hope is, you know, the, that puts everyone there at less risk, but you just don't know. And I mean, the idea that we should just let it spread unchecked seems it, it just doesn't, it, it's not right. It, it, I don't think it's right. I understand it's why they're right. frustrated. And like, they're saying if we're not sick and guys aren't getting sick, who cares? But there's, there's more to it than that. Like you can't just let it spread. You can't run the risk of it spreading to people that can't protect themselves. And like, again, if these dudes are just sitting next to each other on the bench, like breathing, you know, breathing in each other's faces as they do. Cause you know, it's a hard sport. Breathe a lot, breathe on each other, sharing water bottles, all that. And maybe there's, maybe they're not sharing water bottles anymore. I don't know if they were able to stop. I would hope not, but yeah, you, you never, never know. know. You just don't want that happening. And um, I also forget and, no, you know, not no. not to, you know, really argue the minutia of Carter's point here because um, because I again, I, I think it's just wrong. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that one or this might just be an NFL thing. But I believe that once players like test positive and then eventually, you know, test negative come off the list, I think they don't get tested again for a while. So ideally this is the worst of it for the flyers and i feel like about half the roster has ended up in protocols at some point which is unfortunate and you know fortunately it seems like no one's gotten really sick from it but yeah i mean hopefully this is the worst of it Get, games don't keep getting postponed um i mean it seems a little optimistic to say at this point that that isn't going to happen because who knows when this you know when this wave is going to subside when it'll end um you know done guessing when the pandemic's going to end because that's a fool's errand at this point. It absolutely is. And I, I mean, the game tomorrow night, we're recording this on Wednesday, the Thursday game could even be postponed. We, we don't know because the Flyers have a number of guys sick right now or, you know, 
again, they're not necessarily showing symptoms, but they have COVID-19 and they have tested positive. And currently Claude Giroux, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, and Travis Konechny, both the Travi, are currently on COVID protocol, in COVID protocol. And Hayes and Hart just got back from it. And yeah, it sucks. But as you said, Kurt, that's a great point. It's not just about the players. There's so many other people that are around them, trainers, staff, team employees, you know, and also these guys have families that they're going Mm -hmm. home to, and I'm sure they don't want to get them sick. And especially when you have young children that can't yet be vaccinated. And I I know, you know, for the most part, younger children also have not been highly affected, but you never want to run that risk if you can avoid it. No, that's right. I mean, you know, again, like it's, it's, you know, I, I understand the frustration and I don't want to dump on them for it, but you got to consider the big picture here, I, I think. And like, and, and again, it fucking sucks for these guys. And like, they're trying to save their season. Like they want, you know, th- this is their livelihood. And like Carter Hart has made no secret about how, you know, how hard last season was on him and how the circumstances of last season affected him. And given how much better he's been this year, it seems like that's legit. But again, you want to be sympathetic. And like, I understand like he doesn't, they don't want to go back down this rabbit hole. And like, they really want to turn their season around. And when these guys who seem like they're fine are missing, um, are missing games for what is not for an illness, for a disease that does not seem to be actively, you know, harming them. Yeah, that sucks. But you know, you, you set aside a few games here and hope that, you know, just hope that that's the worst of it. And that guys are able to, you know, keep themselves safe and keep others safe. And hopefully, you know, at that point, build up enough of an antibody resistance that they're going to be clear for the rest of the season. Yeah. On the one hand, it really sucks. But on the other hand, how many people have died at this point? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's killed more than enough people that I, I I think fears are warranted. And that's where I'm not as sympathetic because it's, it's just, it's not about sports. It's about way more than that. And I get frustrated with the, you know, and not only this perspective from Hart and other athletes like the Antonio Browns of the world, who clearly oh he's God. got some other issues going on beyond just whatever. But, you know, that whole fake, vac- fake vaccination card thing was also just an atrocity. But, you know, but he clearly needs some help, but we won't get into that because yeah. that's a whole can of worms right there. But the the thing about this is this is very much a public health issue it is not just about sports it cannot just be about sports and it also has to be understanding from the fans and other people that guys are going to go through stuff because of this and it's going to be tough i mean if we look over at the sixers right like okay most of the flyers have not gotten seriously sick off of this which is fantastic i know some guys got sick last year scott lawton had talked about some of his adversity coming back from that and the fatigue Rasmus Ristolainen said like he was in a really bad spot after he got COVID like a few games into last year while he was in Buffalo. Like he, he was pretty open about this. You want to talk about a big, strong guy, right? Like, yeah, you're not going to give shit to Rasmus Ristolainen is as big and strong as they come. And Joel Embiid mm-hmm. over in the Sixers. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but Embiid had COVID and he said it was really scary. He said that it was a really difficult experience for him. He had it tough. And I believe Embiid was Mm -hmm. vaccinated. It's it's going to happen. And that's unfortunately the dice you're rolling. And these guys have to be active Mm -hmm. in the world. So 
you know, sympathy, empathy to Carter Hart for a frustrating situation, but also this is just how it's got to be, man. Mm. You can't just let it run rampant and just, you know, say fuck it at this point. You can't yeah. do that. And and I've seen, you know, some people say, well, why don't they just do something similar to what the NFL does, which is to say that if you're vaccinated and asymptomatic, you don't have mandated testing. And basically it seems like guys only get tested there by random, like by random draw more or less, or if they report symptoms or if they're unvaccinated and I, i've seen some people say why doesn't the nhl just do that um i could guess a couple reasons one they've got a lot more border crossings and you know canada's got more strict rules about this stuff than the u.s does I'm not complaining about that or i certainly am not complaining about that you know again it's an indoor game where it seems like germs may more easily spread to, between players between teams between fans yeah i mean i'd be guessing and there's probably something obvious that I'm missing here, but like it's, and, but I get it. Like they, they can, they can see, you know, what, ha what's happened in the NFL where teams or, you know, teams will put half their roster on the COVID list and they'll get them back in five days. If guys are, um, if guys aren't, uh, you know, if guys are, aren't showing symptoms and are vaccinated or you can be Kirk Co or you can be Kirk cousins and test positive two days before the biggest game. <laughs> oh my God. Good old Kirk plexiglass cousins God. over there. I'd rather I'd rather surround myself oh with my plexiglass at all times than get a vaccine. Okay, Kirk. Okay, Kirk. I don't want to confuse a Kurt and a Kirk. We can't make that no. atrocity here. It's you know, guys like that just piss me off. But I mean, it also just changed recently with the guideline where the CDC made it five days to get people back to work. But that's a whole other can of worms right there. It's yeah, we're we're not doctors. You know, we're not it's, doctors. It's, we, we're, we're people with doctors. opinions. This is very important to know. But I'm not going to not going to talk like I'm a doctor, but I have an opinion. We're not doctors, but we listen to doctors. Oh, wow. And I'll just put this out there. And oh, wow. In case you were just curious about the asymptomatic people, this is per World Health Organization, the WHO guidance right here. Can people without symptoms transmit the virus? Yes. Infected people can transmit the virus both when they have symptoms and when they don't have symptoms. This is why it's important that all people who are infected are identified by testing, isolated, and depending on the severity of their disease, receive medical care. Even people confirmed to have COVID-19 who do not have symptoms should be isolated to limit their contacts with others. These measures break chains of transmission. And you want to talk about a chain of transmission? Look at the Flyers locker room for the past two weeks. Look at, I mean, again, two more people added to it today after getting added after two more got added yesterday. And I think staff and that's just players. I know that I think a staff member got added yesterday and another today. They, they don't disclose the names there. But um, but yeah, I mean, we've had how many guys end up on the list this year? I don't have the number in front of me, but um, again, it's just like six or seven in the last week or so. Um, Lawton was on there. A number a number of guys were on there. Yeah, it's and, you know, it makes makes pulling a roster together harder, but that's that's not the most important thing here. <sighs> no, no, it's not. And I, I know it's tough to tell hockey fans that it's not the most important thing, yeah. but it is not the most important thing. And especially hockey players, because as we have said, these are guys that are very much about like, I'll play on a broken leg if I have to, which is not advisable, mind you. But that's hockey grit and toughness. And they don't like being told, well, you're too sick to play when they don't feel right. sick. But that's you know them's the breaks bud yeah so you know hope again whatever my my thoughts on all this are and i think i've made them pretty clear hopefully um you know hopefully 
guys get off the list soon. And, you know, well, first of all, first and foremost, hopefully they stay healthy. Nothing bad comes of it. And, you know, anyone they've come in contact with doesn't get sick. Hope, you know, hopefully anyone they've been in close contact with is vaccinated. Please get your vaccines, guys. Uh, get your boosters. Do all the good stuff. And on that note, also remember that the Wells Fargo Center, as of, as of Thursday, Thursday night's game against the Penguins. Yeah, they are. You have to show your vaccination status to get in your vaccination card. So bring your vac. All you need is a picture, bud. Okay, you don't need to bring the whole card. You can bring the card or or a picture of the card along with your ID. Yes, yes. I recommend bringing a picture so nothing happens to the card. You just keep it at home. Favorite the picture on your phone so it's nice and easy to find, okay? One of the first ones that comes up if you favorite it, like you got a whole folder right there for favorites. So favorite the picture. Hell, make it your lock screen if you're so concerned, right? It's it, it's really... So get, just it, take a picture. You know, That's all you need. Really great that, it's really and great that our vaccination cards are pieces of paper that are, you know or don't fit in a wallet can easily get lost. And, you know, not that anyone should be doing this and anyone who does this is an awful person and hopefully gets caught, but are fakeable. Like it's real, real, real fucking great job by whoever made that decision. Don't fake your fucking vaccine cards. Don't fake your fucking vaccine. And cards. don't lose them. Don't lose them. Apparently if you lose it, you can get a replacement, but yeah, again, just, just take it. Just keep it somewhere yeah. safe at home. Yeah. Take the picture. We all have these mobile devices. We all have cameras with us at all times. Technology's wild. Take a picture. Br bring your ID. Show them those things. You yeah. can go in. Okay? Get vaccinated. Wear the damn mask. Wash your damn hands. All that fun mm -hmm. stuff. Ah, oh, I'm starting to get worked up. George is upset about COVID-19 protocols, but not about the protocols. About the people that aren't helping us move past COVID-19. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Now... The question might be for Flyers fans who have been lamenting this team for the longest time. Who's got it worse than us? This was another thing that came up in the Slack today. Because if you listen to Flyers fans from the past decade or so, you would think this is the literal worst team in the NHL over that time period, right? Like, I have been podcasting for a decade, and you would think the Flyers were the worst team in the NHL during that decade. The truth of the matter is they've been... Very mediocre, which is frustrating in its own respect. But Tom really brought up a good point here. Tom brought up a good point where he actually said, look, I can think of at least 11 teams worse off than the Flyers. So that's a little bit of comfort. And I want to stress here. So Tom, um, who's a who's a disgusting, horrible Devils fan. Just kidding. He's not actually a Devils fan. Um, you know, writes, he read Tom Williams, director of Broad Street Hockey. I believe he said he used to be a Leafs fan, but he writes about a few different teams. So he, you know, probably has some light loyalties, but he is not, he is not what you would call like a Flyers fan whose judgment here is clouded. So, you know, we were talking about this and he basically said, also, I bet I could come up with 10 teams who are in worse long-term situations than the Flyers. And yeah, I mean, it, it to, to push on what you said a little bit here, it's, it's one thing to, be a mediocre team, but you know, sometimes being a mediocre team is really bad. Like you could argue there are bad teams that might be in a better long-term position. If you think the flyers have sort of capped out where they are, can't really get any better and don't have a good way to get either better or worse, which would, you know, lead them to draft picks. But, um, I think the list that, you know, I think the list that Tom put together here shows that there are a lot of teams that are in similar situations. And that's not to say that you shouldn't feel shitty about where the flyers are, given that they're, you know, not 
playing particularly well. And, you know, it, it seems like the path for them to get meaningfully better in the near future is probably, you know, narrowing. But, um, but yeah, the list here is, it's an interesting list. It's, it's a mix of teams that have just been at the bottom for a while and then teams that are probably in a pretty similar spot to the Flyers. So I'll read this list here. So Tom, so Tom again, more, relatively neutral fan. His list of teams that are worse off than the Flyers uh, includes the Sabers, Senators, Hawks, Coyotes, Kraken, Islanders, Devils, Habs, Canucks, Sharks, and maybe the Stars. So yeah, none of those teams are in a particularly good situation. I mean, I think if you you know if you take them and the Flyers, you've basically got. 12 of the 16 teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's true though, that, you know, all those teams, I would agree are in worse situations. I think the only ones you could really argue with, are maybe, maybe the devils Canucks or Islanders. And that's, you'd have to argue pretty hard for any of those. Well, so, so I think, I think it's tough to say how many are like definitively worse, but I think a lot of them are in comparable situations to the Flyers. Like the Islanders, granted, you know, they've had a better past couple of years, but this was sort of supposed to be their year. And granted, they've, you know, had bad luck in, you know, their, their on ice metrics aren't, you know, sterling, but they've also just had, you know, pretty terrible shooting and goaltending luck, bad, like bad circumstance and that their whole first month of the season was spent on the road. But this was sort of supposed to be their year, and it just wasn't. And the thing is, that team doesn't have a great prospect base. You know, their their best players are sort of in like a win now mode right now. Their cap situation isn't great. Like, yeah, they're again sounds sound like any team you know. And they're yeah, it's it's just very clearly not their year. But you don't know. But you may not know how they're going to get another one. Is the thing with them. So like teams like that. So like them, the Blackhawks. You know, had a kind of similar they're in a very similar situation in the flyers and that they you know made a, a couple big all-in moves this past offseason seth jones trade you and i have talked about before Seth Jones trade and extension to be clear um you know getting our Andre flurry things like that that was such a fun reaction at the draft party seeing that seth jones trade go down and go he got how much <sighs> i don't remember the summer but yeah, he, so, and they, you know, obviously were terrible, like setting aside off ice stuff, which is also obviously just horrible, but not really within the scope of this conversation. You know, they started the year terribly, fired everybody, some, again, some for off ice reasons, but they fired the coach for what appeared to be on ice reasons. And they are, you know, they've got their stars who helped them win cups that are still sitting around and, you know, they, they don't have a great path to bottoming out but they're not nearly good enough to actually do anything. Um, so you've got them conducts are in a similar boat and granted they've been better since they got Boudreaux, but I still, you know, that's probably going to wear off and the Habs, sort of similar situation. Obviously they went on a run last year, but they, you know, they've got a bunch of old players who are injured and they don't really have much behind them. And then you've got the teams that are bad, like actively objectively bad. And then it gets to the question of, would you rather be those long-term? Would you rather be those teams who probably have as much of a chance to accomplish anything as the, this year as the Flyers do, but may have the flexibility to dig their way out of it sooner? So, like, you get to the Sabres. And, like, I'll, I'll, I'll put my foot down on this because the Sabres, you know, yes, they've in theory got some good young prospects, but they've been doing this for a decade. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt until they've shown they can actually win something. Foot down there, end of story. You know, you've got the Senators who 
are, you know, this was supposed to be the year that you started to see their rebuild, um, their rebuild turn into something and they're terrible. And also Eugene Melnick is their owner. So no, I'd rather be the Flyers than the Senators, no matter how many good prospects they have. Um, the Coyotes, they are very much bottoming out. And I could see the argument for like, yeah, I'd rather, you know, I want to bottom out, like be in a situation where they're going to get a good prospect, but also they have like, you know, in addition to all the office stability there or instability there, like there's just so much that is needed there. They almost got locked out of their own building by their landlord. And yeah. Um, and then you've got the Kraken who, who's, it seems like exclusive goal was to set themselves up with long-term flexibility uh, at the expense of making a good hockey team. And maybe that was the point, but, um, but yeah, so Oof, that's a rough team. Interesting mix of teams that Tom list here. Again, they're pretty much all either teams in similar situations to the flyers in that they're mediocre capped out. And, you know, it's going to be tough for them to really move either upwards or downwards or teams that are abjectly bad, but have some semblance of a future if you squint hard enough but you know the fact those teams are on the list it you know goes to show just because you're bad doesn't mean you're eventually going to be good oh yeah absolutely like to go back to the sixers again the process did not look like it was going to bear fruit for a long time and we're even seeing some problem with some of the fruit it did bear right now ben simmons but you know, the fact that you did get Joel Embiid, who was a, a game-changing player out of it, made it work, but the process took forever, and again, you got two star players out of it, but one of them can't shoot the damn ball, and it's a huge problem. Or look at the Sabres, where they got Jack Eichel, who was that game-changing franchise player, and it was a complete disaster for them, and now he's in Vegas. Yeah, and, you know, to that point, if you suck long enough, eventually you've got to prove that you don't suck. Like, you know, the Sixers truly bottomed out for three years. And like, I don't want to, we're not going to do a whole process discussion here because if you really look at it at the end of the day, the process cranked out, like in terms of guys that have helped turn the Sixers into who they are today, it's really cranked out two guys, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And, you know, Ben Simmons, we know what the issues are there. And granted, part of why you do the process is to get Joel Embiid, but they didn't really get anything else out of it. And then, you know, I'm not going to get in that conversation right now. It's just going to, just going to make me but sad. Anyway, the process is a, a, it's a long and arduous process. It is something that you have to have a lot of dedication and a lot of patience for. And also the Sixers, what was the infamous one where a couple of the, the guys on Twitter, uh, bought the row of tickets for, four for cents. like 10 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Flyers ain't going to stand for that shit. That's not going to happen under anybody's no. watch. And, you know, I think that's where, like, the ghost of Ed Snyder comes down and starts, like, screaming mm-hmm. at people. Even though I know a, a big chunk of his fan base really wants that to happen just in general. Yeah. But And to be clear, if, if the right path is to rebuild, like, to really, like, tear it down and start over in a way that Ron Hextall half-assed in a way that didn't really make the team as we can see now hasn't really set the term up, team up for long-term success if that's the right path they, they should the do it when... but they're probably not going to and it, maybe maybe if uh, maybe they could depending on how the rest of the season goes but i don't think they're they're not going to go process sixers we have no reason to believe they're going to do that yet the only thing that the flyers could do to really like blow somebody away is they would need to clean an incredible amount of cast space out for the next time like a huge free agent is coming up the next time like a Panarin's mm-hmm. out there 
and blow somebody away with an offer. And that's not to do the whole, like, nobody wants to come to Philadelphia. But the thing is, Philadelphia usually doesn't have the cap space to attract anybody. So you would need to clean house in such a monumental way. And interestingly, the one guy right now that you could easily clear a good amount of cap space on is perhaps the most beloved and currently efficient flyer out there. And that would be one Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux and his mediocre Philadelphia Flyers from the past decade. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming closer to the trade deadline. And this makes me incredibly sad. But I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think there's any way the Flyers trade Claude Giroux. I think they're going to do everything they can to bring him back. He is an all-time flyer. He is a great captain of this team. And the fact that he is where he is in the records really says a lot about the kind of player that he is. But regardless, the question is, if you had to make the decision, if you had to make the decision tomorrow, would you trade one Claude Giroux? Mind you, Claude Giroux leads the Flyers in points with 29, assists with 18, and is second on the team in goals with 11. Is this even a hockey team without Claude Giroux? He is your best asset for sure, and this team will probably suck ass without him. Yeah, I mean, I hate to pun on the question here, but it ultimately doesn't matter because it 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 comes down to what he wants. And like again, that's that's a cop out, but he he has a no movement clause. When he's been asked about it in the past, heck, he was asked about it less than a year ago, like after last season, and he said, "I want to be here." And you know, maybe that was just given lip service, and he changed his mind right now, but. It seems like he wants to be here and like the fly and if the Flyers go to him and say, Hey buddy, we want to trade and it comes down to if Flyers go to him and say, Hey, we want to trade you, and he says, No, thank you, um, then they're not gonna try and force him out. On the other hand, if they've gotten a single indication that he is going to leave this offseason, then they have to try. Like they have to try and trade him. And, you know, hopefully everyone's being honest with one another there. Because if he's thinking about leaving, I don't think he'd want to screw the franchise over. I think he'd say, hey, I don't think I'm going to hang around this, you know, after this year, at which point you start looking for another team. And, you know, who knows how high the um, how, you know, how much you get for him right now. Prices go up as you get closer to the deadline. But, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's a cop out answer, but it entirely depends on what he wants to do. And I mean, it seems like every time we see him, the life is getting sucked out of him a little bit more. I know, I feel bad. I want to free Claude Drew in a lot of ways. Like, I, I feel bad mm -hmm. for the guy, and I really do think he deserves a proper cup shot. I want it to be here, but we've got a couple factors that that play against that, one of which is the Sean Couturier contract kicks in mm -hmm. next year. So Sean Couturier goes from making a wonderful 4.3 mil to a heftier 7.75 mil, which, mind you, is still a very good deal for, I would say, the best player on the team. Although Claude Giroux has been the best player this season. It's been a bit of a down year for uh, Sean Couturier versus the usual standards yep. we have for him. Uh, not to say he's been bad, but it's, you know, I have very high expectations for Sean Couturier, and I think he's been uh, not quite up to the lofty expectations for him. So... You've got a lot of cap space right now tied up for next year and not a lot of cap space to to re-sign Claude Giroux. And right now, you know, I don't know how long of a contract he would demand. I would hope like in the three to four year range. But Claude Giroux has every right to demand at least six to seven million per year, if not more. 
He turns 34 next week, so he would not be subject to the rules of a 35-plus contract. Not that those matter that much. They would only really matter if he decides to retire early, which doesn't seem like something he'd do. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, if he if he leaves the Flyers, I, I wonder what he'd do. And then, you know, I guess if he doesn't. I mean, I think if he, stay, if he stays here, I think he'd probably commit to a lot not like a long-term deal, but something, you know, has at least a little bit of length to it. Like something to take him through what we would presume would be the rest of his career. Because yeah, yeah. If he stays here right now, it's because he says, you know, I I love it here. And it seems like by all accounts, you know, he and his wife love being in Philadelphia. Like if he doesn't out, because he wants to be here for the rest of, he wants to be in Philadelphia for the rest of his career. So like it's either he'll sign that deal or he'll go ring chasing for a few years. And also, you know, you always see people say things like, well, the Flyers could trade him and get him back in the off season probably not going to happen like it just doesn't seem like something that'll happen i feel like once you've sort of cut that cord it's hard to reattach it oh for sure you you rarely see that happen that's not really a scenario that happens very often i guess the thing is are we emotionally ready as Flyers fans to potentially say goodbye to Claude Giroux? It's painful to think about, but as we see this team continue to be mediocre, and they're, it's not out of the realm that they could make the playoffs, frankly. You know, they are... It is unlikely, but stranger things have happened. It is unlikely. Stranger things have happened. There's plenty of hockey left to play, to be honest. It's unlikely, but it could happen. It could very well happen. They're currently four points out from Boston, but Boston's got... Four games in hand on the Flyers mm. right now. So that's where they're at. And Pittsburgh, they're nine points behind. And Pittsburgh's got two games in hand. So that's... Fighting Mark Donks. Yikes. Those Mark Donks are kicking some ass against the Blues tonight. I turned on the game. It was 3-2 to two Blues. And now it's 4-3 to yeah. three Penguins. And, uh, the Flyers play tomorrow. The King Donk himself, Evan Rodriguez, with the, the Z, scored... Oh my god, that name that name drives me nuts because it, I just want to correct it. I just want to cross out the S and change it to a Z. It's just it drives me insane. Wait, one one more one more Claude Giroux thought before we before we move on here. It's so funny, and if you didn't see this, um, so obviously it is not funny that he got. It is obviously not funny that Claude Giroux tested positive for COVID, and it seems like he is asymptomatic and mostly okay. It was very funny last night when his wife put something out on I think it was Instagram saying that um because he was stuck in his hotel room in Anaheim. And apparently the hotel room in Anaheim doesn't have the channel where the Ducks watch their games. And because ESPN plus is blacked out there. Um, Claude Drew was unable to watch last night's flyers game from his hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> See, a good captain would have found a way to find an illegal stream. I assume someone, I think someone on Reddit hooked him up with an illegal stream. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is, I saw the picture of that where he's just like looking befuddled over it. And it's so funny. I, yeah, I feel for you, my captain. I think a lot of people that have been watching hockey this year can sympathize because they, they don't have the usual NHL TV path, which did have blackouts, mind you. But it's been a little bit more confusing this year. ESPN Plus has most of the games, but not all of the games. And by the way, a reminder for tomorrow night's game. Tomorrow night's game is an ESPN Plus slash Hulu game, okay? So it's not going to be on NBC Sports Philly or anything. ESPN Plus and Hulu. Very important to note. Hulu has live sports. Oh, wow. So that'll, yes. Yeah. We dropped a lot of wows in this one, but I'm, I'm supportive. So enjoy that. Um, is that a, is it, is it like, I forget how the last one of these works. Is it an ESPN broadcast? Like we get ESPN people doing it? It's a great question. Well, I think we were supposed to have, I think we were supposed to have one of those 
last week or the week before and that game got postponed yeah the capitals game yeah the one that got canceled so i don't know see here i think i saw a tweet about this um but yeah but i would presume because like who does hulu have the the best was still like people might compare this to when the phillies had facebook broadcast a couple years ago but it's not that because espn plus and hulu broadcast games all the time but like when the Phillies had games on Facebook like two years ago, it was just such a production nightmare, especially for somebody like me who used to work MLB mm-hmm. TV and NHL TV to watch for specific uh, production errors and issues like uh, pixelation and and, you know, hit hits of black like, you know, black screens and stuff like that. And to just see that janky ass Facebook setup and the fact that you could only watch it on a web browser was insane to me. Just terrible, terrible idea by MLB back there. So at least they're not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, ESPN, say what you will about them. They seem to put forth a decent set of broadcasts. The worldwide leader, baby. Enjoy that. I, I, I'm going to guess, uh, for some reason, I'm having trouble finding this tweet that I saw earlier about it. But I think that it'll be like an ESPN broadcast. So hopefully that's interesting. I feel like I've seen many yeah, of those yeah. yet. But yeah, uh, enjoy the game. Uh, it's a Flyers game. You probably won't. It's Flyers Penguins game. It seems very likely you won't. But no, I'm not looking forward to Flyers Penguins all, game without Claude Giroux, Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim. Um, bet the over is what you're saying. Other guys who I'm forgetting. Yeah, bet the over on. <laughs> bet the over on the Penguins goals. <laughs> Whew, not great. But it, it, here's the the Flyers might lose tomorrow night, right? But They've already won the Battle of Pennsylvania, at least according to Hockey Hell Reference. Yes. Because according to this Hockey Reference tweet the other day, the most searched for player on Hockey Reference in Pennsylvania is Claude Giroux. Ew. This was a, this was a cool little graphic that they put out there. Yeah, I, I, I often find these maps to be bullshit. And for all I know, this one is. But I, I don't know. I, 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 trust the, I trust the sports reference websites with my life. So I'm going to assume it's real. Yeah, well, it's got to be based on, like, actual data that they're getting, where I always question... Yeah, yeah. Like, the ones that say, like, what candy does every state like for Halloween? Like, those seem... Oh, Pennsylvania likes uh, candy corns. I don't think so. Orange Tic Tacs. How about a good old-fashioned Mars bar? (laughs) Like, you, you always look at those, like, oh, on Thanksgiving, Pennsylvanians like to have burnt yams. Uh, No? Yeah, no... Now, this map here has, you know, enough weird stuff that's fun, but enough normal looking stuff that you say, yeah, this probably tracks. Oh, yeah. Gretzky was like number one in, yeah, I think, in like, 90%. Looks like about a dozen yeah, states not here. Not 90%, yeah. but a lot of it was Gretzky, which makes sense. So Claude Giroux being, you know, being the victor of Pennsylvania is obviously, you know, great for us, great for our, or the Flyers, great for their brand. Big victory here for the Flyers, though. Travis Konechny, huge in Delaware. The jerk store is open, and it ain't taking tax. A no, I couldn't believe that. I looked down. I'm like, what is TK? Business Maven Travis Konechny setting up shop in Delaware. Okay, number one in Delaware. How about that? The tax-free jerk store, baby. I love that. Mm-hmm. The my favorite one on this entire map. My favorite one. Where are you going? Made no sense to me, and it was former Flyers goaltender and GM Ron Hextall. Ronald Hextall, number one in. Louisiana. Louisiana, baby. Oh, New Orleans, 
loves some Ron Hextall. Nothing screams Mardi Gras <laughs> like Ron Hextall smacking someone in the face with his waffle board. Um, I, I need I need to know what went into this. I, I need to know how like how that happened. Like, has Ron gone down? Is he is he just like number one at Jazz Fest? Like, is does he have a Ron Swanson like Duke Silver alter ego that they only know about in New Orleans? I don't know, but I, I'd I'd love to find they out. They both have famous mustaches. I I, go, I googled Ron Hextall, Louisiana, and I'm not not seeing anything, guys. <laughs> Born on the Bayou. I don't understand Ron Hextall, Louisiana at all. Let's see. Yarmir Yager, big in Alabama. Um, that's Alabama. Yeah, I always get Alabama and Mississippi confused. They love salutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's true. Did I spy Patrick Line was number one in New Mexico? Um, that's correct. Yeah. I wonder what that's all about. That's strange. Do they love cave trolls in New Mexico? I don't know. Okay, wait. He played in Winnipeg and then Columbus. Also, it's a little funny that this map still has Patrick Line in a Jets, what appears to be a Jet sweater. He's been with Columbus for like two seasons now. Big drill fans in New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Crosby does not win Pennsylvania, but he can have Arizona, it turns out. So when, when the Coyotes have to get rid of their arena, he can have it. I, I can't believe it wasn't Austin Matthews. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that seems like, you know, isn't he from there? He's from there, but... Sean Couturier is from there, too. Here's the problem. What the hell is this Here's crap? the problem. Coyotes fans have no idea what hockey is though as you can tell by arena <laughs> attendance i mean you would think it would at least be like phil kessel or something but you know yeah maybe they don't need enough hot dogs i don't know yeah leon dreisaitl huge in idaho oh well, um, you know it is known maybe that's just because it's close to alberta i guess um other other fun ones here matt duchene and uh that's nebraska big in nebraska huh it is known. Uh, that's real interesting yeah my favorite well, not my favorite, but I very much enjoyed that Andre Vasilevsky was number one in Alaska. <laughs> I mean, you... which is funny because there are actual hockey players come that come from Alaska. I know. I've seen Mystery Alaska. It's true. Here's the thing. You can see <laughs> Russia. Matt Carl is from Alaska. You can see Russia from your house in Alaska. Mm, that's a good point. It's a, good point. It's a real thing someone said it's once. It's a real thing. Somebody who <laughs> dropped a puck <laughs> so funny at a that... Flyers game said once. It's so fu- well. It's so funny that she never actually said that, but we've all just decided that she did because is that right? Um, yeah, did no. Tina that, Fey say Tina Fey it? made people believe that she said that. Well, Tina Fey and, is, you um, know, that's that's Delco's finest right there. From here, from here, from here. legitimately. Hell yeah! It, watching that game last night from Anaheim, it was wild how many people they have that are from here, even though they don't have Bobby Cherry Hill native Bobby Ryan anymore. They still have guys who are from here. They had a guy named Buddy <laughs> who's from a Belmar Township. And it's like, what? Why don't? Why don't we have a buddy who's from Belmar Township? You know? And then I was like, oh, well, he's an adult. He's an adult male named Buddy. <laughs> um, if anyone who knows the adult male named Buddy from Belmar Township and is listening to this podcast, I apologize. Adult male named Buddy, and it's no longer 1955 at a sock hop. And he's not an elf. Not an elf. No, the most famous Buddy of all. Uh, how about Christopher Latang being number one in Hawaii, Doc? Aloha, I Doc. Mean, yeah, Christopher Latang hangs 10. He rides the waves, Doc. I wonder how many people in Hawaii looked at Chris Latang's um, hockey reference page. Maybe like four people, you think, that led to him. But why, though? You do wonder what you really wonder what some of these did, like a local news article linked to it or something. And then I don't know. It, it, it could come from anywhere, I guess. 
It could, there's no way to tell. No, in this time, there's actually no, no way to tell. Yeah, unless we get, like, I don't know, the guy who did the research on Hockey Reference on the podcast to break down his algorithms for us, there's no way to tell. And um, I ain't got time for that. No, that, that's too much effort. Boone Jenner, huge no. in Montana, uh, which sounds sounds right. Fake person. I noticed that one, and I guess if your name's Boone, that's like, that checks out. I always wanted to see Montana. Uh, I looked at Canada for a second, and I, for some reason, thought that where Carey Price was was Ontario. But no, that's Quebec, so that actually makes sense. Um, no, the Canada map actually kind of makes some sense. Oh, the Canada map made perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, to yeah, got Carey Price for, for Quebec, Austin one area. for Ontario, Pierre Luc Dubois in Manitoba, and then Connor McDavid for all of Western Canada, except for none of it. Sydney Cro- or none of it loves them. Some Sydney Crosby, also not a real. I was a little surprised by Pierre Luc Dubois being such a, a big presence up there. Yeah, he plays there it's always easy to forget the winnipeg jets exist i know but just like of all the players right <laughs> yeah because they've they have a lot of guys who have been there like a long time though i guess well i guess i guess to play devil's advocate here if they recently traded for him which they did like last year then maybe people mm. are looking at his page he's like oh who's the new guy eh? now okay the one that got me in canada was <laughs> i don't know the province because i don't fucking know canadian provinces sorry not sorry to our canadian listeners but pavel dimitra yep. pavel dimitra i think the northwest territories here yeah this this one there of might all all, this players. one there might actually be no way to know um no that of is the, nor- the that is the players. northwest territories i don't i don't know yeah. i don't i don't know it i don't know what he's done up there unless he's like from there which i mean i don't believe he is <laughs> yeah i i that one he's, just no he's from slovakia completely stumped me there i do also like that mark andre Fleury takes both uh nevada and utah mm-hmm. and dry in idaho yeah uh yeah that, that one's bizarre to me um let's see what other fun- kevin lowe huge in wisconsin that's I, I i couldn't explain that one why Kevin Lowe is the most looked up right now in whenever the time frame here was taken, I I truly have no idea what could lead to that. Low, 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 low. Yeah. yeah. What's Laner? Fun, fun what map. state is Laner? Uh, that's Mississippi. Mississippi. Is Robin, like, well, I, okay, I actually don't know anything about Robin Laner besides, you know. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why he's huge in Mississippi. Um, but yeah, I mean, other, I feel like we've singled out most of the weird ones. I feel like the rest of them largely make sense. It's a little funny that Wayne Gretzky is the most popular in Colorado, but Nathan McKinnon is pop, the most popular in all the states around Colorado. <laughs> a little funny. And Taylor Hall is the most popular in, is that Massachusetts? That's That's Massachusetts. So again, like maybe that's all the Bruins. Maybe that's like the whole Bergeron, they recently got him thing, and people want to know more about this man, though. But Bergeron takes Maine, yeah, and Tuka Rask takes who isn't uh, even is playing that, hockey right now. Is that which state is that? That's Vermont. That no one's Vermont. Vermont. I always remember. I, I one of the only important things. I well, no, calling this important is a stretch. But in school, you learn that Vermont is the one that's shaped like a V, and New Hampshire is the one that doesn't. Oh, wow, that doesn't. Huh? That isn't. I just learned something. Wow. Oh, wow. This is the Owen Wilson podcast today. We really doubled down on it, but no regrets there. No regrets there. 
but an interesting map. I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed seeing, you know, Matt Duchesne and Boone Jenner, all the most important hockey players <laughs> out there. Most important Blue Jackets. Jesus. Oh, the Blue Jackets, a, a long and storied history right there. Ain't that. Almost as long and storied of a history as Nickelback interacting with hockey players. Okay, so I didn't actually look at this picture yet. It's it's the last thing on the outline. I'm going to click on it right oh, now because I haven't. I am excited. Hey, Kurt, oh, wait. Oh, look yeah. at this photograph. <laughs> okay, I do remember seeing this a couple days ago, but I don't remember why. But yes, no, no, that's a, that's um. How old is this picture? I guess. Uh, the, I mean, it's the gotta guys, be from. Well, the the guy like, on the left is wearing an 06 on his jersey, so it's probably from 2006, give or take. Yeah. The year 2006. Um, yeah, I, and, yeah, that's a and Gretzky in a coaching position, right? Is he coach at that? Point? I believe so. Yeah. Look at this photograph. That was a, a good hockey news tweet right there. Even though it's got the Shutterstock like logo all over it, the watermark. <laughs> I love but those. It's, yeah, I he mean, was he was the co- he was their coach at that point. So yeah. That okay. Out. Okay. Just the the Nickelback guy. I think is that Chad Kroger yep. is the Nickelback guy. Yeah. I, it just anytime you know Canadian. <laughs> there's one thing I know, Kurt. Canadians love Nickelback. Ah, uh, that's what I always hear about Canadians. Am I right, people? Every time, but I, I mean, just I. I I saw that, and my first thought, besides this is hilarious because Nickelback is hilarious, is I, I, number one. I think back to when I saw, had to see Nickelback at a Y100 festival back in the day, and Chad Kroger kicked a guy out of the crowd oh who was God, booing yes. him. He's like, "You don't like Nickelback? You can leave." And he was wearing a cowboy hat and shit. It was amazing. Well, remember after it was like the week after that Wild Flyers Penguin series in 2012 uh, that the Flyers won, of course. Uh, Claude Giroux was pictured at a Nickelback concert like the week after that. And there that's what I was going to bring up. That was the other unconfirmed. There's unconfirmed speculation that that moment may have been the one that broke the flyers and put them on the path they've been on for the decade since Uh, many people. Many people are saying this. Many people are saying this. Wasn't the whole team there, though? Like, (laughs) I I know Scott Hartnell was there. I don't remember how many of them were there. It's just Giroux was the one who had the T-shirt gun. Well, I think Hartsey had it too. Did he? I'm going to look this up. Yep, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Here's an old Reddit thread on this right here. And, uh, okay, so it was in Reddit Reddit Hockey. Second Nickelback song of the Penn's Flyers pregame. What is with the NHL and that despicable band? Oh, that didn't even have the players on it. But, (laughs) yeah, there's. Find it. There's Steve Hartnell um, holding holding it up. Uh, We got a. Let's see. There's Claude Giroux. Uh, a couple pictures of Claude Drew with the t-shirt gun. I swear to God, there's a couple other guys there. Who is it? This is our investigative report here. Let's see, looking looking through the 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 Google image search here. Um, I don't have. Let's I, see, we got I'm not seeing many more. I, I am Puck getting Daddy mul- article. I'm getting multiple returns. So we have an old Puck Daddy article from noted Devils fan Greg Wyshynski, now with ESPN, that says Philadelphia Flyers fire t-shirt cannons with Nickelback as if they couldn't get any cooler. Well, on that note, and and looking through the Google image search results here, I'm not seeing many more photos of Claude Drew at the Nickelback concert, but there are multiple photos of him playing beer pong with with his wrist taped up, which is just iconic photograph that will iconic when people question Claude Giroux's will to win just just think just remember that moment just remember that moment okay okay Kurt 
I have the names of the other two flyers who attended the Nickelback concert, okay? Oh, boy. So I, I want you to guess who they are, and I will give you one clue. Okay. One is a forward, and one's a defenseman. Okay. Um, I, I also just saw a YouTube video that says Nickelback brings... Oh, um... Oh well, okay. So I got I got a spoiler for the forward here, and um, in the the this YouTube video description for Nickelback brings out Flyers players to throw stuff at crowd. <laughs> uh, Max Talbot is the forward. Max Talbot, Maxime Talbot himself. I would not have guessed that though. No, not I, that's probably because I I think I've managed to erase Max Talbot's existence from my memory. Look at this shitty tat. Um, a defenseman. Okay, who are the defensemen on that team? Um, oh my god, they were so bad. Uh, I assume Chris Pronger was not there because that would have was not Chris Pronger. He, that would not, that would not have been good for his um for his you know concu- his post concussion uh, time uh, because it was Nickelback. Uh, oh, sorry, I should make that joke. Just wouldn't be good for anybody. Doesn't time. seem like Chemo Teamanen scene. No, not Chemo Teamanen. Let's see here. Was it Brayton Coburn? No, but you're so close. Am I? Um, You're so close. Is it Matt, is it, is it Matt Carl? It's Matt Carl. Hey, Matt Carl. yeah, that actually checks it. But he's not a Canadian. I mean, he's from Austra- Australia. Jesus Christ. Alaska. Holy shit. Oh, is that why isn't Matt Carl number one in Alaska? Yeah, that's what I was I'm saying sure. earlier. Like, yeah, they've had players from Alaska, like Brandon Dubinsky, the, wor- the worst person on earth. He's, he's definitely not the worst person on earth. I just don't like him very much. He's from Alaska. Um, <laughs> Nate Thompson, um, Flyers Twitter's. Favorite or least favorite player, depending on who the person is. There's no real middle ground here. Nate Thompson's from Alaska. Yeah, it's How about that. Yeah, I think he's from. I think. Um, make that up. Uh, no, he's from Anchorage. No way to no, find out. He's, he's from there. He looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Like he looks like somebody that you would see in a blizzard that is coming to help you, like get your car out of a ditch. <laughs> he seems like a good dude. Though you know there was that's what that's what a good thing does. There was the whole thing. <laughs> Who else? I'm looking at the list of ice hockey players from Anchorage, Alaska. Um, Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember that. Uh, real quick, can we discuss Hartsey's shirt at the Nickelback concert? The one with the sunglasses, and was that a? I got to dig it back it's up. A was cat. That a cat. Okay. Yeah. It's a cat with 3D glasses on. So it's got like the right side is blue and the left side is red. Yeah. He was, he might've been tripping. <laughs> it looks like he's having a good time in this picture. That's for sure. Might've been tripping. Good for him. Look at this 3D cat. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> what a way. What a final topic of the night, it, you know, Nickelback. Yeah, we're not. I don't Flyers, think we're topping that. And Wayne Gretzky, and and noted Devils fan Greg Wyshynski, and all the great stuff in the world, and Maxime Talbot, a flyer who is a trivia question at best. <laughs> at best. Yeah, we're, we're, I don't think we're doing better than that. Who was Maxime's Tal? Who was Maxime Talbot's best friend? Bruno Gervais. Is it Bruno Gervais? Bruno oh, Gervais. God, and he was bad at hockey, boy. Let me tell you. Shitty defenseman. Because, uh, oh, you know, sign Max Talbot. you got to sign his best shitty defenseman friend, Bruno Gervais. Oh, my God. I get so mad. Like, you know, we're not going to rehash the whole Claude Drew conversation right now. But, like, I get so mad when people say, like, well, look at how long it's been that he's been here and they haven't won. And, like, 
you can have conversations about that in the last few years when we thought the roster was going to be good and it wasn't. But, like, look at the Flyers' defense from the year Bruno Gervais showed up to, like, the year Nick Schultz left. And tell me who's winning a goddamn thing with that lineup. Bruno, <laughs> How many games did Bruno Gervais play in that season? I'm going to guess... I'm gonna guess uh, the 41. It was a 48 game season. Remember, was it was his? Oh, first it was a 48 game season. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 31. Um, 37. Wow. And they signed him to okay. a two year deal, if I remember correctly. So I think he got. I think he just spent the the next year with the Phantoms. Um, but yeah, he um yeah he was not good. Um, and he was probably I don't know. I don't know where I would rank him with the Flyers defenseman that year because um, the fact that he wasn't automatically the worst really makes you think back on dark times. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not I'm not going to pull up that roster and look at everyone on there because I'm just going to get sad. And we're going to go down a rabbit hole. We're going to end ending this. Well, ending this. It, not talking know, about Ken you know, Huskins. Not talking about Oliver Lords and ending no, this. No, we could talk about that all day. That's for that's for fuck in the offseason. But uh, I, on that note, I'll just say that like, I have a quote from Claude Giroux here about this conversation. And he said, this is how you remind me of how sad I really am. This is how you remind me. All right, folks. Oh. That's all we got oh, now, for you. That's enough Nickelback. So that's so sad. Look at this. All right. That's all. That's all there is. <laughs> if you have any feedback, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Kurt at Kurt B-S-H. Kurt, got anything yeah. to plug for the people? Yes, you can. Um... Nothing pressing right now. It's it's just such a weird time right now, partly because everyone, you know, guys keep shuffling in and out of the lineup, partly because, you know, what do you do with this team? No, nothing. Um I'm I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm I'm going through it right now. But we'll, you know, there are things out there and you know, it's gonna be a big couple months here, depending on what they try and do. Um, but yeah, I'm still thinking through it. If you, there's something you want me to write about, tweet at me with hashtag Kurt, please do something and tell me what you want me to write. <laughs> it's a catchy, concise hashtag right there. That's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for. You can reach Kurt at Kurt PSH. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but if for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow Flyperbole on Instagram. Follow BSH Radio on Twitter. Follow Broad Street Hockey on Twitter. Broad Street Hockey is on a bunch of social media. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok. I ain't on TikTok. I'm too old to understand it. All right. That's it, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Looking to get in a vaccine, please, if you haven't already. Get a booster. Get Wear your mask. Wash your hands. All that fun stuff. It all comes down to staying safe and keeping those around you safe. Be good to people, Until guys. Just be good to people. Be good to people, especially to the stadium staff. Please do not be shitty to them. It is not their roles. They did not create this pandemic. They are just trying to live their lives and do their jobs. Well said. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow,